this morning called Spirit Lead Me as we look at the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And I've been really looking forward to this series uh, over a long time as we understand more about the Holy Spirit's work and power in all of our lives. Uh, Throughout this series, we're going to be having some guest speakers joining with us. Uh, Next week, we'll be having uh, John Sweetman joining with us, and he'll also be with us on camp, and we've also got some other guest speakers joining with us. Um, But some of you may be wondering, as we come to this series of, uh, of Spirit Lead Me, you may be wondering, why are we going through a series just about the Holy Spirit? Why are we focusing just on this one person of the Trinity? Um, When I was growing up, I did have the pleasure of going to church every single week, and for uh, for my younger years, I grew up in a Baptist church, but when I hit my early teenage years... Um, things got a little bit different for me. We, we moved out of the Baptist church that I was in, and on Sunday mornings, we began attending a Presbyterian church. I continued to attend a Baptist church at night, but then on Friday nights, I would attend a Pentecostal youth group. So you might call me a, a Presby Baptocostal. That was how I was in my early years as a, as a teenager. Um, And I really enjoyed going to uh, particularly the Friday night youth group that I was a part of. There was loud music, which I found really engaging. There were speakers who had a lot of energy, who I found really engaging. I also attended, the, as I said, the Presbyterian Church on Sunday morning with my my family and attended uh, a Baptist church on Sunday nights with a lot of my friends. And everything seemed pretty consistent throughout these three three different ways that I encountered uh, that I encountered church although there were there were some differences they seemed fairly consistent in what I understood uh, God to be but there was one time that everything seemed to change for me which was after one youth group night which was when I stayed for an all-night prayer meeting now this prayer meeting that I was a part of at this youth group um, it was a wonderful thing but there were some things that happened in this prayer meeting that were surprising to me There were things that I had never encountered before in a prayer meeting or prayer in any uh, any sense. Um, The main thing that probably really seemed to surprise me as a young teenager at this prayer meeting is that as people were praying, there were some people who said words that to me didn't make any sense. There were some words that seemed to me like babble. Um, there was also people who would shout at different times during this prayer meeting, and that was very, very different from my understanding of what prayer had looked like uh, being in a Presbyterian and a, uh, and a Baptist church. I asked someone from the youth group later on about this, trying to understand what were these people saying during this, this prayer meeting, and one of the people told me that this was an outworking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, I had thought um, from the, the previous upbringing that I had had, I had heard about the Holy Spirit, but I had almost understood the Trinity as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. That is what the Trinity, uh, that is what the Trinity really is. And so I was left with this confusing theological understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Yes, we, I've 
I heard about the Holy Spirit. I know the Holy Spirit exists, but I have never seen any outworkings of the Holy Spirit. And so I was left wondering a a whole heap of different questions. And some of you may have uh, had interactions in different churches like this, and you may have been left with with some of these uh, questions. There are some churches that have had maybe an overemphasis of the Holy Spirit or may have ignored the Holy Spirit completely. Um, And I was wondering, is the Holy Spirit someone who is at work today in the life of believers? Or is the Spirit something that we should be cautious of? Because some people have taught uh, an understanding of the Holy Spirit that is incorrect. What we're seeking to do through this series is understand through Scripture that neither ignoring or placing an overemphasis on the Spirit is the right way to go because that is not what we see throughout Scripture. According to Scripture, neither ignoring or overemphasizing uh, the Holy Spirit is correct, but rather what we'll be doing through this series is understanding more about what Scripture says about who the Holy Spirit is, and then we want to allow the Spirit to change our lives. And so to do that today, what we're going to have is more like two sermons in one. Today I want to uh, discuss who the Holy Spirit is, And secondly, how the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us here in our lives every single day. But the first and most important question that we can ask throughout all of this series is, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is He? Who is this person that so many books have been written about? Who is this person that so many discussions and debates have been had about? Who is this person that has been so controversial throughout church history? And to discover the answer, we need to not know, we need to not only know who the Holy Spirit is, but we need to take one step above that and understand who the Trinity is, the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, many people have tried to describe the Godhead, the Trinity, and unfortunately, because we are frail human beings, our descriptions of the Trinity don't always come up uh, to uh, to truly describing the, uh, the nature of God. Two of the most common misunderstandings is what I want to address this morning of who the, uh, of who the Trinity is, um, come from two different spectrums. Um, you may not fall on either of the extremes of these spectrums, but uh, you may fall somewhere leaning towards one of these. And these two different misunderstandings about the Trinity are called tritheism and modalism. And I want to address both of these today to help us understand the nature of the Holy Spirit in relation to the rest of the Trinity. So the first misunderstanding of who the Trinity is comes in the form of tritheism, which is the belief that rather than there being one God in three different persons, that we in fact worship three separate gods who operate in conjunction uh, conjunction with one another. Now this belief, although fairly rare, has been raised by some people to try and describe what we see as the Trinity. I'm uh, I'm thinking that most people in the room here this morning wouldn't be uh, veering towards that end of the spectrum. 
But this is clearly not what Scripture teaches. We believe in one God and one God alone. In Deuteronomy 6 verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. Therefore, and then in 1 Corinthians 8 verse 4, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is no God but one. So it's fairly clear throughout the entirety of Scripture that we do not worship three separate gods. That's not what's presented at all. And so uh, that's one end of the spectrum cut out of the mix. But what about the other end of the spectrum? What about modalism? And this is something that some of us may fall towards, even unintentionally. Modalism is a, a different belief where people believe that rather than there being one God in three persons coexisting at all times, that rather God reveals and acts in different modes at different times. So modalism would teach that in the Old Testament, God presented himself as Father. Then the Father stopped existing and came to the earth as Son, Jesus Christ. There was the Son. But now the Son ceased to exist, and now we are in the era of the Holy Spirit. So there is a belief that rather than all three persons coexisting all at the same time, they presented themselves in different modes. Now, this way of thinking, unfortunately, once again, comes up short. Because in many times throughout Scripture, particularly in Genesis 1 and another time in Matthew 3, we see all three persons of the Trinity coexisting all at once. So, for example, in, the, in Genesis 1, we see the earth being born out of the words of God. Later on in John 1, we see that Jesus was there speaking out creation into existence. And then once again in Genesis 1, we see the Spirit of God hovering over the water. Later on in Matthew 3, verses 16 to 17, we see all three persons of the Trinity all operating at the same time. Because the Father says at Jesus' baptism, this is my Son with who I am well pleased. And then what happens? The Spirit comes upon Jesus like a dove. So right there in one scenario in Scripture, we see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all, uh, all there together. Sometimes, um, unfortunately, the way that this has been described or taught is through this way. Um, some people have tried to describe the Trinity um, through describing water, ice, and steam. They are all made up of the same kind of thing, but it's just presenting itself in different ways. But once again, unfortunately, that sort of description of who the Trinity is leans more towards modalism than really uh, describing the Trinity as three persons operating in conjunction with one another. So we are left here, or sorry, so are we left here then, with a lack of understanding of who the Trinity is. How do we really understand what it means that many of us have heard before that there are three persons and yet one God? 
Maybe we are left with a little bit of a lack of understanding of who the Trinity is. But I don't necessarily think that that is a bad thing for us. I was listening to a debate a little while ago between a very prominent atheist in the world and a very prominent apologist. They had many points of difference that they were speaking about, and the debate that they had together flowed towards an eventual conclusion, and the conclusion was that the atheist said to the apologist, I don't and can't believe in God because the nature of God is too complex. I can't understand him. But the apologist replied to the atheist, that is precisely the point. If you are able to understand everything about God, he ceases to be God. And I think the Trinity is one of these areas that we can actually think that way um, in regards to the nature of God. Yes, we want to seek to understand as much as we can about who the Trinity is, but sometimes our understanding about the nature of God isn't always going to be complete. Throughout Scripture, um, throughout the New Testament in particular, there are different words um, that are presented like, uh, like mystery and secrets, and I think that applies in regards to the nature of the, uh, of the Trinity. Rather than presenting the Trinity, Trinity as steam, water, and ice, or, or some other description that, we, uh, that falls fairly short, probably the best description I think that can help us uh, comes in, in this way. Once again, I think this description falls a little bit flat, but, um, but, we will, uh, but it's still helpful, I think, when we, when, we under, uh, when we think about things in this way. Imagine that you were a 2D person. You live somewhere called Flatland. Your house is made up of a square and a triangle. You have a 2D dog. You... Um, go to a 2D church, all of your friends are stick people, you can jump and move left to right, and that's about it. That's what you can do on Flatland. And suddenly, while you are there in Flatland, someone comes to you and says, I have heard about this wondrous, amazing thing. It's called a cube. You reply and ask, so what is a cube? They say, it's a square. But it's not a square like anything that you've seen before. It's a square that's made up of six squares. And you reply and think, how could a square possibly be made up of six squares? I'm not able to, to understand this. Now, although this is a fairly uh, incomplete uh, description of who the, the Trinity is, I think this is a helpful way for us to understand things uh, a little bit. We don't operate on the same plane as God at all times. There are things about who He is that we won't always understand. The Trinity is presented in Scripture as three persons and one God. And this is who we're going to be speaking about throughout this series, the third person of the, of the Trinity. We are not talking about some mystical force, that's not who the Holy Spirit is, but the Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit is wanting to encounter us and speak to us, 
and minister to us. It is the third person of the Trinity who transforms, transforms us, empowers us, and enables us to advance God's kingdom. The most important thing that you can understand when you think about the Spirit is the Holy Spirit is a person, and He's, he's wanting to speak to us. It makes sense simply logically that the Holy Spirit would want to communicate with, with us, uh, God's people. This is not a very complex truth. Every single person has a desire to communicate with other people. Whether you are unable to speak or see or hear, every single person desires to communicate with others. And we communicate with one another in multiple different means. And we're left with this question, so how do we hear from this person? If the Spirit of God wants to speak to us, how do we hear from Him? Throughout this sermon, there have already been multiple ways that I have been communicating to you. I haven't simply been saying words, but there has also been tone in the way I've been communicating. There has been expression in the way I've been communicating. When you can see happy Dave, I am probably happy Dave as we are speaking. When I'm grumpy Dave, then I am grumpy as I am speaking. We communicate through many different ways. I have had gestures as we have been speaking together this morning. There has been volume as we have been speaking together this morning. If you were asleep, that was your cue. You can wake up right now. Multiple different ways we communicate to one another. It is not simply through words. And the Spirit of God is no different. The Spirit of God wants to speak to us and does speak to us in many different ways. In John 10, 27, we see these words of Jesus, which says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Although these are the words of Jesus, we also see that Jesus was the one who sent the Spirit as the advocate to be his, uh, his worker in the world. And so it is the Spirit as well who we hear from. We hear the Spirit's voice. And so if we know that the Spirit of God is wanting to speak to us, how do we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? How do we know when God, by His Spirit, is wanting to speak to us? I want to suggest, and we won't go through all of these in great detail because of the length of time it would take, but I want to suggest 10 different ways that the Spirit is able to speak to us. Some of this information is drawn from someone called uh, Robert Morris, who is a pastor from, uh, from, the, from the States. Some of these are fairly explanatory, and so as I said, I won't go into detail about all of them, but you can see them up there on the screen right now. The most important way that we can hear the voice of the Spirit is through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16, that's so clear. Now, Scripture was written by multiple different authors, but it was the one Spirit who inspired every single one of those authors. Now, sometimes I've heard people separate the words of Scripture from the work of the Spirit, and yet, Scripture is the work of the Spirit. There is no clearer place that you can encounter the voice of the Spirit than through Scripture because it was Spirit, this Holy Spirit who inspired all of Scripture. That's the first way. We can hear the voice 
uh, of the Spirit through circumstances. We see this in the life of Jonah. Jonah tried to run away from what God wanted him to do. So there were circumstances that drew him back by a whale, um, back to where he, uh, God wanted him to go. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through wise counsel. All throughout the book of Proverbs, we're told to pay attention to the, uh, the voice of the Spirit that comes through Spirit-filled people. And can I just say, don't downplay the significance of this. It is important to have Spirit-filled people in your life who can speak truth into, uh, into your life. This is no less significant than some of the more supernatural ways that the Holy Spirit may speak to you. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through peace. Sometimes, not all of the time, the Spirit will either prevent you from doing something due to a lack of peace, or will move you towards something that will give you a sense of peace. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through audible words. We see this all through the Bible. The Lord said, to someone. But can I just say, be discerning. If you have a sense that God has, that the Spirit has said something to you, be discerning with what He has said. Weigh it up according to what we see of God speaking uh, throughout Scripture. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through dreams and visions. Even right now, we are seeing tens of thousands of people coming to Christ all across the world. How? Simply through dreams and visions. There have been a countless number of people uh, who have encountered God through this way, who have had no encounters with missionaries or scripture or anything like that, simply through dreams and visions. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through natural manifestations, through nature, God can speak to us. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through supernatural manifestations, Moses in the burning bush, Gideon in the fleece, Saul on the road to Damascus. We can hear the voice of the Spirit through a whisper. Often the Spirit will want to speak to us in that way. But in all of this, these are some of the ways that the Spirit will speak to us. But we also don't want to limit the way that the Spirit might speak to us to just nine different things. Yes, these are nine ways that the Spirit can speak to us, but the Spirit may choose to speak to us in any way imaginable. In Acts 16 verse 6, Paul was prevented from entering into Asia Minor by the Holy Spirit. And we are not given a reason why Paul was prevented. We are not given a reason how uh, Paul was prevented of to enter into Asia Minor. The Spirit is able to work in ways that we don't always understand and can't always control. So we know that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, that the Holy Spirit can speak to us, and that He does speak to us. Our relationship with God is not just this one-way prayer life. It is not just singing on a Sunday and singing to God. There is a, uh, a voice of the Spirit where He wants to speak to us. And so to finish our time together, what I want to do is I want to just give you some really practical tools that could help you in your pursuit of hearing from God. First practical tool, if you are someone who wants to hear the Spirit of God speaking to you, the most important thing is to create space to listen. Create space to listen. You won't hear from God if you never let yourself be quiet enough 
to hear from him. God is wanting to speak to us. We need to create space to listen. More often than not, I hear from people that I can't create space to listen. I don't have the time. But more often than not, those same people are very able to create time to binge something on Netflix. We can create space for God to speak to us. It won't always be easy, but we can allow the voice of the Spirit to speak to us when we create space. That's the first thing. The second way we can hear from the voice of the Spirit is to create opportunities. What I mean by this when I say to create opportunities, um, much of the time uh, people think that the best thing to do for themselves is to just wait until they've had this incredible, miraculous uh, move of the Spirit in their life, and it's only once they've had a move of the Spirit in their life that they will respond and step out in faith. I've found personally that the Holy Spirit is more likely to speak to me if I just do something for God, if I just step out in faith and then allow Him to speak to me along the way. God's already given us so much clarity by His Spirit through His Word that we need to share the gospel, that we need to grow in holiness, and that we need to bless the world. We don't need to wait for the Holy Spirit to speak to us in a supernatural way before we do any of those things. Just simply start stepping out into opportunities that arise and the Holy Spirit will speak to you along the way. So that's the second thing. Third way that we can hear from the, uh, from the voice of the Spirit or third way to help us with this is to create places to record what God says. Irrelevant of our good intentions and irrelevant of how good many of us say our memory is, we will not always remember the things that the Holy Spirit says to us. We just aren't. Recording what the Spirit says to you can help you do two things. It can help you both remember what you have heard, but it can also help you discern. If there is something that you have Uh, heard from the spirits and you think it is for yourself, what you can do is write it down, step away, and then you can pray over that over a period of time. Some people choose to journal. Uh, If you are journaling, I think this is a great um, a great spiritual discipline to, uh, to adopt into your life. What I do personally is I record things on my phone if I have a sense that the Spirit has said something to me and I come back to it later. And the third thing that you can do after creating space to listen, creating opportunities and creating a place to record what God says is create authentic relationships with honest conversation. The place that I have had some of the most powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit speaking to me have actually come through other people having honest conversation with me, other spirit-filled people. If you have spirit-filled friends in your life who are able to discern the voice of God well, invest into these relationships. God will speak to you when you do that. And be prepared in these relationships, that if they are authentic relationships with honest conversations and God is wanting to speak to you, the conversations will not always be easy. 
the Holy Spirit will speak tough words to us at different times. So there's four ways that we can hear from the Spirit of God. And so right now as the team comes up, what I want to do for us, particularly those of you who may just feel um, space deficient in your life, I want to create space for us in this moment where we can hear the Spirit of God speaking to us. And so as the team plays through these next songs, I'm going to encourage you to not stand at all throughout these next three songs, to not even sing throughout these next three songs, but simply to listen, to create space for the Spirit of God to speak to you. In the same time, I also want to encourage you, if you have a sense that God is giving you a word for someone else, this is your opportunity that you can hop up and speak to that person and share the word that you think God might have for them. The other thing I just want to encourage you to do during this time as we remain seated is if you have a Bible or a Bible app uh, on your phone, simply open it up because there may be time right now that God may guide you to a certain scripture and He may want to speak to you by His Spirit. So as I said, we're going to remain seated in these next few songs and allow the voice of the Spirit to to speak to us. You may also have a sense as we we do this that maybe you don't have a voice, a word for someone, but maybe you just have a a sense that God's calling you to hop up and pray for, for someone doesn't matter if you hop up and go all the way across the room. This is a time where we can minister to one another and allow the Spirit to speak to us. So right now, Holy Spirit, we ask for you to come. We ask for you to come as we make space for you. Would you speak to us? whatever way that means. Even as we open our Bibles right now, if there are scripture that you are drawing us towards, would you make that really evident for us? Lord, if there are moments in this room right now where you are giving us a word, a word of encouragement or even correction for someone, Lord, would you give us the boldness to be able to go and say that to that person? If you're wanting us to say something, I say a prayer over someone, would you help us to do that as well? We just invite you right now, Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak to us in whatever way that you choose. Speak to us not only in our time together this morning, but also as we go through our everyday. We want to hear from you and we know that you speak to us. So speak to us right now in this moment in Jesus' name.